This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. Good evening, Pittsburgh Steelers fans. Welcome to another episode of Steelers Friday Night Six Pack. I am your host, as always, Tony Defio, and I am very pleased that you're joining me tonight. Before I get started, as always, I'd like to encourage you to please like and subscribe our YouTube channel, our, our Behind the Silk Curtain YouTube channel, where we bring you live shows each and every day. There's the, the, this show, there's the Steelers Hangover with Brian Anthony Davis and yours truly every Monday night at 8. There's the Scobro Show with Dave Schofield and his brother Rich every Tuesday night. There's the Curtain Call with Michael Beck and Jeffrey Benedict uh, every Wednesday. There's the Steelers Preview with Jeff Hartman, Dave Schofield, and Brian Anthony Davis every Thursday. Uh, there's Touchdown Under with Matty Peverall and Mark Davison every Saturday. There's Tales from 2 a.m. every Sunday morning with Brian Anthony Davis. And, of course, we have our audio-only shows, and which, which include The Live Mic with Jeff Hartman. That's three days a week, three mornings every week. There's The Steelers Retro Show with yours truly and Brian Anthony Davis. There's – did I say Live Mike? I said I meant to say Live Mike is Michael Beck's. I'm sorry. Live Mike's Michael Beck. And Jeff Hartman is is Let's Ride. That's the mo- that's the famous Let's Ride with uh, Jeff Hartman, and that's three days a week, three mornings every week. There's the the War Room with Maddie Peverall. There is the Stat Geek with Dave Schofield, and we're, we're, we're going to have plenty more. We have a lot more content coming your way as far as podcasts uh, in the very near future. So please check those out on uh, they're audio only, and, and you can catch all of our shows. The live shows, the audio only on any audio platform, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, they're all wherever you can find uh, podcasts, you'll find us. We're growing in popularity. We're growing as far as Steelers podcast. Just Google Steelers podcast, you'll find us at the top of the list. And of course, we're also on Facebook Live. I always forget to mention that. Well, I don't always, but I forgot tonight. We're on simultaneously live on both YouTube and Facebook. So I thank you all for joining me on Facebook and YouTube. And please also check out Behind the Steel Curtain, the website where we bring you news, commentary, film breakdown, everything you need, Steelers related. We have it for you. And uh, please uh, check that out. And also thank you for joining me, everybody, in the live chat. And we have two of the, uh, the Aussie gents, I, I believe I saw them in the live chat, Maddie Peverall and Mark Davison. So, wow, I'm honored because those guys are superstars. Danny Owen, Stacey Lins, Jared Devil, Dave Shipley, Steelers Pittsburgh, George Teston, Jared Devil, Joseph Brown, 
Joseph Brown, I have to put this up there so I, so I can really get going for tonight. And he says, Tony, you're my favorite. We don't always agree, but you are the realist. Wow, I'm a realist. Some people see it, say I'm a uh, too optimistic. Some people say I'm too too uh, negative. I don't know what I am, but but I guess if you mash it all together, I'm a realist. So thank you, Joseph. So Steelers Fan 36 joins us. So let's get started, shall we? And the first thing I want to talk about, as the title suggests, is the big quote of the week. And that was from Matt Canada. I believe it was on Tuesday. Uh, Mark Caboli, all those. Every every news outlet, every blog, every every Steelers, anything posted the, we're going to do what Ben wants to do, quote from Matt Canada. It was about a minute long uh, quote, actually, that he gave uh, at, at his press conference during minicamp. And, uh, of course, it was, you know, people always accuse behind the store curtain, a lot of sites of, of, of clickbait. And I don't really think they know what clickbait is. When they say that, but in this case, this was clickbait. This is people going, "Oh my god!" Because it, it, it elicited a response, and um, people are like, "Oh, I, I can't believe they're 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 caving the Ben's demands." Matt Canada, what they bring him in for? He's just a puppet. Well, I don't know if they actually said those words, but that that was the sentiment. But I knew right away, before I even watched Matt Canada's interview, that this was—I don't want to say taken out of context, but it's not exactly what he meant. You know, he wasn't up there going, "Well." What am I even doing here? At the end of the day, we're going to let Ben Roethlisberger do what he wants. That's not what he meant. And I knew it wasn't what he meant. And when I, when I listened to the whole thing, when I read the whole thing in its entirety, I was proven right. That's not what he meant. What he basically meant, meaning Matt Canada, he meant that at the end of the day, once they formulate this new philosophy of his, whatever that turns out to be, we, 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 we have a general idea. It's going to focus on, running and, and and jet sweeps and motion and this and that and the other. At the end of the day, they're going to they're gonna find what works best for Ben Roethlisberger, what he's most comfortable with, and that's what they're going to do by and large. And why wouldn't they? He's Ben freaking Roethlisberger. He's been in the league this week, year number 18. He's a Hall of Fame quarterback. He's won two Super Bowls. He's been to three. He's, he's thrown for 60,000 yards in his career. Two touchdowns to one, or maybe it's three to one as far as touchdowns, interception, and ratio. I forget what it is. It's probably not three to one. It's two to one. I, I did all these stats last week. But anyway, why wouldn't they do that? Why would they? Why would anybody think that, that Ben Roethlisberger, even though he took a pay cut, even though he, he maybe only has one year left, why did anybody think that they would totally overhaul the offense and make it so confusing for him that he has to learn everything from scratch? That just would not make good business sense at this stage. They, if they if they want to win, then they wouldn't do that. And if they want to start from scratch, totally from scratch, and 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 um, put a force feed their quarterback everything that they want that, that they want Matt Canada's offense to be, then they probably wouldn't have brought Ben back. It, it just wouldn't have made any sense. So. It's only natural that you're going to want your veteran quarterback, your 39-year-old quarterback, the guy who's accomplished so much in the league, it only makes sense you're going to want him to be comfortable and you're going to want him to, to do the things that, 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 he's more, he's, he's, uh, uh, that are his strengths. You're going to want to cater to his strengths, even though you're trying to, to tweak and, and change the, the offense. When, it, when, they, when they brought – uh, Matt Cannon and when they when they got rid of Randy Fichter, they didn't do so because they were looking to to start from scratch. They did so because they wanted to, to improve upon 
last year and how last year ended and how it, how predictable everything became by the, the last seven, eight weeks and, and how the offense went from one that was scoring 30 points a game to some weeks they were lucky if they, if they got out of the teens, you know, they wanted to, they wanted to, to tweak it, to fix it, to, to become more unpredictable, to become more creative, to Matt Kennedy even said in that, in that press conference the other day to, to cre- create better matchup problems for, for the opposing defenses. That's what the goal was. In my opinion, it was to just get better, not to start over. So if you, if you're in the market, if you're in the market for, or in the business of getting better, then you don't, you don't ask your, your, uh, Hall of Fame quarterback to start over. That just again, that just wouldn't make any sense. And this goes. This is the same thing ten years ago, when they got rid of Ben's real buddy Bruce Arians. I don't know if Victor and him were best buds, like like Big Ben and Arians were, probably still are. Uh, but when they got rid of BA ten years ago, or I guess nine years ago, technically, uh, a lot of people thought it was going to be that way with Todd Haley. That he was going to come in and and you know be this this taskmaster with uh, then 30-year-old quarterback Ben Roethlisberger. And, yeah, he was he, he, he had to tweak his game, and he got better, but it didn't, they didn't radically change the offense. They changed some elements of it. They, they asked him to get the, rid of the ball quicker, um, but they didn't make him uh, become a totally different quarterback than what he was comfortable with being. And they're not going to do that this year either. They're just not. So when I saw that quote, Again, to repeat, I knew exactly what it meant, and I knew it was taken out of context, and and I knew what I knew what Matt Canada was trying to convey there, and that's they were gonna they were gonna create an offense that Ben was comfortable most comfortable. They were gonna change it a little bit, but they were gonna tweak it, but they weren't gonna overhaul it. Um, and you know, but he also wasn't saying that 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 uh, whatever Ben wants, Ben gets to do. He, he meant in the framework of his system, whatever Ben's comfortable with, that's what they're going to go with. And why, and again, why wouldn't they? So that's the first thing I wanted to touch on. I think it's pretty, uh, pretty uh, straightforward. And, and I think it's indicative of, of this time of year, you know, we're just, we're just searching for news. We're searching for, for uh, any, any kind of controversy. And I, I love controversy. I've said that before. I, I'm, I'm a big fan of, of, event of you know stirring the pot and and but that's on stuff that's actually happening you know not uh stuff that i think is 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 a load of bs and i think uh you know this whole thing that we've always had with the, with the quarterbacks of pittsburgh where we want them to show deference to to the coaches like i saw somebody i think it's dave scofield wrote an article after the man canada uh quote made news and i think one of the first or second people to comment on that story on behind the store curtain said, Oh, Ben should just sh- basically Ben should just shut up and do what his bosses tell me to what, do what, what the guys who know better tell him to do. Oh, really? You think Matt Canada knows more than Ben Roethlisberger does? <laughs> you know, I mean, uh, maybe it's equal, but Ben Roethlisberger is pretty darn accomplished quarterback. I think he knows what he's doing out there. So if he didn't, he wouldn't have, he wouldn't have had the career that he's had. That's another misconception about big Ben is that uh, people think that he's just gotten by for the last almost two decades just on pure skill and, and not caring about his, his, his conditioning and not caring about studying and any of that stuff. You don't make it uh, to this point the way he has 
with the, the kind of things that he's accomplished stats wise, uh, champion in terms of championships, in terms of just winning week in and week out without knowing what you're doing, without putting in the work, both in the, in the, uh, film room and, and on the practice field and, and the weight room and, and out on the road running or whatever, you know, you don't make it, you don't have the kind of career that Ben Roethlisberger has, has had just on, uh, yeah, you know, going out there and, and and just winging it. If you want to know an example of that, maybe Jay Cutler is a great example. You know, you always see the the, the pictures and the memes of him with the uh, cigarette hanging out of his mouth. I mean, they're not real, but I'm sure he he might smoke, but never on never never when he's wearing a football uniform. But if you want a, an example of somebody who maybe didn't take his talent seriously, didn't take the NFL seriously, it was Jay Cutler. Ben Roethlisberger is a completely different story. And that'll probably always be his, um, the cross he has to bear uh, for the rest of his career and, and, and after he's done playing until he's, he leaves this earth. People are always going to just assume that he was, he was a, 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 a guy who got, who got along just purely on skill and, and not on being disciplined. And there are people that say, well, if he would just, if he would be serious about his, his, uh, as serious as Tom Brady and, and all these other guys and Peyton Manning, he'd have 10 Super Bowls because that's just how all the Steelers fans think. You know, they think that that uh, their guy's always the best and the only thing holding them back are these intangibles or these these other things that, that um, you know, because they, they, they're not focused 24-7, 365, where they, they think they're not focused enough, so... I don't know. It's just a little rant I, I wanted to start the show with, uh, but it's pretty much all I had to say about that. And um, after I uh, take a look at the live chat, I'll get into my second topic. Dave Shipley's here. And Clarence Washington, he says, Tony time. And I couldn't agree more. It is uh, Tony. I had a, another rough night getting onto the computer. I, I like to be on right at nine o'clock. I'm, I'm a Taurus. I'm a creature of habit. I'm going to be on right at nine, but I didn't get on to like nine or three because I couldn't. My, I had to start over. I had to restart my computer. And Steeler Pittsburgh says, you are a true Yinzer, and that's a good thing. I, I, I thank you. I think. I don't know. Uh, maybe I'm just, uh, is it my accent? I don't, I don't know. But uh, I, I, thank, I thank you for that. So Steeler fan 36 says clickbait was the GoDaddy commercials with Danica Patrick, the the famed uh, female race car driver. I don't remember those commercials. Are they new or are they older commercials? T Money, my man Terry, just hung out with him uh, the other day. Actually, we talked sports. I think yeah, we talked. We always talk sports. But Terry's a uh, a wealth of knowledge when it comes to Pittsburgh sports. He knows he knows everything. He knows it all. all He's, he's seen a lot of a lot of stuff over the years, and here's one from Dave Shipley about about what I my first uh, topic, and he says the Roonies would never hire an offensive coordinator without collaborating with Ben Roethlisberger. Thank you, Tony. Yeah, they're not going to just. Uh, there's always been that 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 attitude with with not just Steeler fans, but I think it's a Pittsburgh sports fan mentality, that blue collar mentality, that the the quarterback. It's too big for he, he can't be too big for his britches. He can't be better than 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 the rest of the team. And nobody's really saying that the quarterback's better than the rest of the team. But if you're talking about importance, 
I've said this many times, a good, accomplished, talented franchise quarterback is the most indispensable and most important part of any football organization when he's with that organization. I don't care if it's Tom Brady, uh, even Eli Manning, obviously Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, all those guys, Johnny Unitas, Terry Bradshaw, all throughout history. If, 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 when that guy's in, under your employ, then he's the most indispensable part. It doesn't mean he gets to have free reign, but to sit there and just say, you know, you do this, you do as I say, and we don't want to, we don't care about your input, Ben. We don't want to work with you. We want to, to force this, this system on you. We want you to do what we say. And we, you know, it, it just, it's, it, it, it goes against logic. So, yeah. Anyway, my um, next topic is about another hot button figure, and that's Le'Veon Bell. If you remember uh, last weekend, he made news because he went on, he took to Twitter to say in so many words that he would never work or he would never play for Chiefs head coach Andy Reid again. He would retire first. And I read, I read an article about this a few days ago. It hasn't been published yet, but basically my sentiment was you should just hurry. The title of the, of the article was you should hurry up and retire, Le'Veon Bell, because you're washed up. You're through. You're done. It's over. You know, to, to quote Don Rickles when he would always roast Frank Sinatra or Dean Martin, kid them about their voices. Your voice is, your voice is gone. It's over. It's time to move on. Quit bothering the people, you know. And that's, tr- and that's true with, with Le'Veon Bell. He's, he's shot. That's his problem. And he's in denial about it. He's in denial about the fact that, that his skills have eroded and he's just not useful anymore. I mean, he really, and really it started in 2017. I mean, he had a really productive year in 2017. He did what he, what he had been doing uh, up, up till then as a Steeler running back. And that he, he gained almost 2000 yards from scrimmage, both receiving and, and, and pass catching but it took him a lot longer to accomplish uh, that goal to he, he, it took him. He, he was a lot less efficient. He averaged uh, one less yard per carry or almost one less yard per carry 0.9 to be exact. His longest run that year was like 20, I want to say 27 yards. I, lo- I looked up the stats the other day when I, when I did the article, it was either 27 or 23. Either way, he clearly wasn't a, bra- a breakaway. I mean, he was never, a, he never had blazing speed Le'Veon bell. But I mean, he was never—he was not the the same explosive player in 2017 that he had been the year before, and um, even after holding out all of 2018, uh, he really wasn't the same player in 2019 with the Jets. His longest run that year was 19 yards, and you could attribute it to the, to it being the Jets. He was and the Jets are awful and they're a joke of a franchise, and that's mostly true. But still, he. If you're if you're a, a, a truly talented and explosive running back, you don't just putter around the league for three or four years. And last year he, he rushed for what 254 yards total, something like that, or maybe 324, whatever it was. It was it was it, he was a, a a non-factor as far as an NFL running back. So he's just done. And you know I really have nothing bad to say about Le'Veon Bell because I cherish those three or four years where where he he was the main cog in Pittsburgh's offense as far as a a um, a skill position player. He was, he was the, he was who the offense flowed through. There's no question about it. Antonio Brown was obviously the best receiver in the game, but,
the offense was designed to flow through Le'Veon Bell from the time he debuted in early 2013 through the time he left here in 2017. And in those prime years, 2014 through 2016, there was nobody that did it better than him. Nobody in the history of the Steelers franchise that was as productive as, as Le'Veon Bell as far as running backs. Even Franco, uh, I don't want to get into specific yardage, but as far as just what he meant to an offense for those three years, it's hard to top what he did as far as being a dual threat, running the ball and catching the ball. He was spectacular. So I'll always be grateful, and I'll be grateful for, for how he he – Carried the offense down the stretch in 2014 when when you know they missed the playoffs the, the previous two years they kind of got off to a shaky start in 2014 and they decided to really make Bell Todd Haley decided to really make Bell the the the, the main focal point of his offense to, to the to dismay of uh, Legarrette Blunt who <laughs> walked off the field in that late in that Tennessee Monday night game and, and was ultimately cut. Um, Two years later, when they were injury depleted, their wide receivers were were hurt, except for basically Antonio Brown. They were it was just him and a bunch of uh, down the liners at receiver. Um, they really rode Bell over those last. Remember, they were four and five. They had lost four in a row, and he decided to make him the focal point, and he carried them all the way through to the AFC Championship game. He he set single game marks for for a rushing yards in the playoffs and back to back games in the wild card round against the Dolphins. And then the, the divisional round a week later against the Chiefs. Um, but, you know, he suffered a, a torn groin at some point and he had to have surgery in the offseason. Um, so, you know, he was never quite the same after that. But, you know, people want to quibble over, over the money that the Steelers offered him versus, versus uh, what he ultimately got from the Jets. And maybe at the end of the day, this, he would have earned more with Pittsburgh, but I'm not even sure if he would have. I'm, I'm not sure if he would have, uh, if they would have kept him around long enough for him to earn that contract that he turned down. I think it, it, two contracts that he turned down in 2017 and 2018. He was after guaranteed money. He was trying to reset the market for running backs. Um, some might say he did so in a negative sense. Um but you know, I kind of, I kind of saw this point. You know, the NFL is rough on running backs. It, it, they, they take their best years, which are usually their first four or five years. They chew them up at a cheaper price, and then when they're, when it's time for them to get paid, nobody wants to touch them. So I, I don't know who you can blame in that s- circumstance, the NFL or the player, uh, because uh, you can't blame the player for wanting more money for all the work and all the production that that he um, put in over the, his first contract. Can you blame the team for for not wanting to pay him top dollar when he's clearly a shell of his former self? So I don't I don't know um, you know what his legacy will ultimately be in Pittsburgh. A lot of people will say that you know what could have been with Le'Veon Bell, but I think he was just another uh, uh, cautionary tale for anybody who wants to be a running back. I mean, you're, you're doing so at your own peril because. Generally, those guys do run out of steam well before their 30s. I mean, I mean, a lot of NFL players do at varying positions, but that's really the case for running backs, most of them anyway. The, the, the truly great ones can hang in there and have lengthy careers uh, by and large, but for the most part, running backs, his, his prime years aren't going to go far beyond a half a decade. So 
I think it's time for Bell to retire. Just uh, shuffle off uh, into the sunset and and just call it a career. I mean, he's obviously in, uh, and some athletes are, are, are the last to, to know that they're done. And he's obviously done. So, you know, unless he just wants to keep collecting a paycheck as a, as a backup somewhere uh, for over the next three or four years, just going from team to team to team as a perennial backup, he should just, just retire. He's made He's made a, a decent amount of money. You know, what else does he have to prove? Cause he, he can't be a starter anymore. Uh, running backs don't just regain their uh, legs after three or four years. They, it, it's, it's usually when, once they fall off the cliff, they, they, they keep continue to fall. So best luck to living on. Um, I think he has, I, I, I actually think he has the potential to, to be a, a wise person when he gets older. I think he might be one of those people. A lot of people think he's just going to, he's going to go on and, and, and be a tragic tale. <clears throat> like a lot of people were assuming Antonio Brown's going to wind up as, in, in that situation. But I think Lev Bell, I think he has a, a decent enough head on his shoulders. He's, he's what, 29 now. So he's not a, a kid anymore, but you know, there's still obviously some room for maturity. And, uh, I think he can, he can grow up. He was very popular here with the, uh, his teammates in the media. And when you, when you hear the media saying good things about somebody and they're, they're not afraid to, to come out and defend a, a former player, that tells me that maybe he's not a, he's not a, uh, such a bad guy because the media, once, once a player leaves town, they're, they're not shy about telling you how they feel about somebody. In a lot of cases, they're not shy about doing that when the guy's still here, as we found out with Barry Bonds many years ago, and even Antonio Brown uh, near the end of his Steeler career. So, Again, best of luck to Lev Bell. Uh, you know, thanks for the memories, uh, but hang up those cleats. That's that's just my advice. Uh, middle-aged podcaster, you're probably not listening to me, but if you hear this, I always, always remember uh, specifically 2016, that run you had at the end of that year. That that was that was fantastic. So, thank you for that. And on that note, I will close out the first half of this episode of Steelers Friday Night Six Pack. If you're watching on YouTube or Facebook Live, please stay with me. I'm not going anywhere. If you're listening on an audio platform, I thank you for downloading part one. Please stick around and download part two of this episode of Steelers Friday Night Six Pack. I will be right back.